Hi, I'm Fiona Bartholomeus. Welcome to Walkthrough, Zifter's weekly recap on the biggest news in gaming. Each Sunday, we'll take you through updates, exciting reveals, and controversies in video games, as well as what games you can pick up this week. Here is the news for Sunday, 14th of August. Let's go. Some big news this week from one of the largest independent studios in Australia, Mighty Kingdom. CNET's Jackson Ryan is reporting that the studio might be in a bit of trouble. Ryan says the studio has suffered a number of disappointing setbacks, including the release of Conan Chop Chop, which failed to find an audience, as well as allegations of fraud and intellectual property disputes. Investors have gone cold on the company, which initially raised $12.7 million when it listed, but has quickly been burning through that cash. Most of it spent on salaries for its 160 or so staff, with its stock price falling to a low of $0.03 per share from $0.26 when it first listed. Mighty Kingdom is often held up as an example of having the right work-life balances for developers. Its teams work four days a week and have unlimited leave, and it's attracted significant talent to the company. Tony Lawrence, in an interview with Sifter in October 2021, when asked about the sustainability of that sort of model, said it was all about making good games, which would see a good return. What it comes down to is doing well in this business is releasing good content. Um, if we release good content, uh, the returns will come, those returns will be forwarded back to shareholders. So essentially, look, the, the, the business hasn't changed, but to some extent, the way we have, have to do business is changing. So there are a lot of governance um, that's behind it being a listed company, and that's basically, you know, for us, again, not too much of a change. It's about running a business well and being able to report against that. Some of the most well-known developers at Mighty Kingdom are leaving the company. Ryan reports that Kim Forrest, creative director at the company, is leaving, and Sifter can confirm that at least two other high-profile developers have also privately announced that they are moving on. The company plans to raise more cash to buy itself some more time, but only time will tell how long it can keep going in its current form. With game development a tough career to make a healthy living in, we hope that other studios don't look at what is happening at Mighty Kingdom and decide that it's not worth giving their devs good conditions. You can read the full feature piece on CNET. We've linked it in the show notes. Press news in the console wars between Xbox and Sony this week, thanks to reporting by US tech website The Verge. Microsoft has claimed that Sony has been blocking games from being added to the Xbox Game Pass service. How? By paying unnamed game developers sums of money to not sign on with the sync. The news came directly from Microsoft's Application Brazil's National Competition Regulator. Here's a quote directly from the translated filing. Microsoft's ability to continue to expand in Game Pass has been hampered by Sony's desire to inhibit such growth. Sony pays for blocking rights to prevent developers from adding content to Games Pass and other competing subscription services. It's a bold claim and we don't exactly know which companies Sony has allegedly paid off to block their content from appearing on the service. If you think about it, though, it's really not that different to console-exclusive deals or timed exclusivity. This is all part of Microsoft's ongoing battle to secure its acquisition of Activision Blizzard, with several international regulating bodies, including Brazil's Cade Regulator. There's been other interesting details that come out of the public filing to Cade, namely Sony's argument that Activision Blizzard's Call of Duty franchise is irreplaceable, and Microsoft's acquisition of it would create a monopoly in the gaming space. There's sure to be more developing news here in the coming week, so we'll keep you updated on all the interesting details as they come forth. Fans of magical wizardry, prepare to put away your wands for a little while longer, as Warner Brothers' upcoming Harry Potter game, Hogwarts Legacy, has been delayed until February 2023. 
Here's dev team Avalanche Studios' statement from Twitter. Hogwarts Legacy will launch on February 10th, 2023 for PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. The team is excited for you to play, but we need a little more time to deliver the best possible game experience. The team also shared that the Nintendo Switch release of Hogwarts Legacy would come after the other versions, and it's not quite known how the port will run or whether it will be cloud-based like other recent Switch ports such as the Kingdom Hearts collection. Tactics fan, you'll be waiting a little bit longer for your turn as Metal Slug Tactics, a gorgeous pixel art tactics game set in the world of Metal Slug, has been delayed to 2023. Publisher Dotamu and Leica Studio put the news out via Twitter, the now universal platform for announcing you're delaying your game, stating that they needed time to make the game as explosive as possible on release. Metal Slug Tactics was one of the many games that was previewed at 2021 Summer Games Fest and had a mix of the grid-based tactical combat that fans of XCOM would be familiar with, meshed with promised roguelike elements. Another tactical game delaying their turn until 2023 is the upcoming Fire Axis strategy game Marvel's Midnight Suns. The tactical RPG from the team behind XCOM Enemy Unknown and XCOM 2 has been pushed back from October 2022 to March next year. Here's 2K Games. We have made the decision to move back the launch timing of Marvel's Midnight Suns to ensure the teams at Firaxis Games and 2K deliver the best possible experience for our fans. Midnight Suns looks pretty cool. Set in the Marvel Universe, it plans to mesh card-based mechanics, turn-based tactical combat, and lots of weird RPG elements, including the ability to have conversations and check in on your squad of superheroes back at your home base. Despite the delay, Firaxis and 2K are still teasing info on the game releasing a teaser trailer for one of the newly announced heroes in the game's roster, Wolverine. Classic survival horror game Alone in the Dark is getting a remake. Publisher THQ Nordic announced the news early on Saturday morning with Swedish development studio Pieces Interactive working on the project alongside horror writer Mikael Hedberg, known for his work on Soma and Amnesia The Dark Descent. Details are slim at the moment, but the game's original protagonists Edward Carnby and Emily Hartwood are back as playable characters. Set in the 1920s New Orleans, Edward and Emily's story will take them to some classic horror locales, including a mental institution filled with mysterious characters and terrifying beasts. Alone in the Dark is one of the first ever survival horror games. Originally released in 1992, it had a dark, twisting storyline filled with cosmic horror and Lovecraftian twists. The franchise was briefly revived in 2008 by developers Eden Games and Atari Interactive, who put out a pretty critically reviled remake. Thankfully, this new version of the game won't be drawing inspiration from that one. Loot boxes, which make up so much of the reward in Overwatch, will be gone this month as the game begins its transformation into Overwatch 2. The sequel will use the Battle Pass model, and recent player surveys have pointed to Blizzard also directly selling premium skins. Overwatch has sold some costumes before outside of random loot boxes, including special-themed esports skins, and charity fundraising costumes. Players will still be able to earn free loot boxes after the cutoff of August 30, but they won't be available for purchase. Some countries, including Belgium, have outright banned loot boxes entirely, and it's clear the industry has moved on from that type of monetization. Overwatch 2 will launch as a free-to-play game on the 4th of October. Soccer fans are about to get an interesting addition to their sporting game library, with the announcement of RPG game Soccer Story. The open-world fantasy game follows you, the saviour of soccer, as you use a magical soccer ball to solve puzzles and fight monsters, 
all while taking down an evil corporation who banned soccer across the world. With over 15 hours of main storyline, turn-based combat and real-time soccer matches, you level up your soccer skills and bring soccer back into the world, either by yourself or with three other friends in local multiplayer. Soccer Story doesn't have a specific release date yet, but it will be available on all platforms, including Game Pass, later this year. Adding to the Racing Library is recently announced Recreation by Three Fields Entertainment and THQ Nordic. Recreation is built by developers who worked on the Burnout and Need for Speed series, and Let's Players build and change the race course, adding jumps, loops, obstacles, and more while an event is live. The game features six different events, Drift, air, near-miss, stunt crash, and time, as well as the mixed world where players can create their tracks and share with their friends. With all good racing games, customization is a key aspect and recreation doesn't disappoint, with a wide range of car customization options available for the racer to play around with, as well as an old-school FM radio featuring 16 channels and the ability to support Spotify streaming. Recreation will be driving onto PS4 and 5, PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X before the end of the year. Western Australian developers were thrilled as ScreenWest, the state's film agency, announced that they would be directly funding games to the tune of $2 million. This is the first major program of video games fundings for the state in its history, aside from small pilot programs. Assisting WA's digital games and interactive sector, the funding will support the growth of local talent and provide access to the recently announced federal digital games tax offset. Stay listening to Walkthrough and on our social media channels and we'll continue to update you on the Screen West funding. That's it for news. Here are the games releasing this week. Roller Drone from Oli Oli developer of Roll7 skates onto PlayStation and PC on the 16th this third-person shooter on roller skates. The game has this retro-futuristic style of pulling on 1970s aesthetics and you'll need to flip and skate your way through arenas to blast your enemies. Tricks get you ammo and kills get you health, so you want to keep moving to win. It's got a really cool cel-shaded art style which makes it look like a pulpy comic book. It's a single-player only, but I reckon it'd be fun to pass the controller around with some mates. Blossom Tales 2, The Minotaur Prince, arrives on the Switch and PC this week as well. The series is a pretty strong tribute to the classic handheld Zelda games, with a style that sits between the Game Boy Color Link's Awakening and Game Boy Advance Minish Cap. It's also a bit like The Princess Bride 2. The game is a made-up story told by your grandpa who narrates the key moments, which is actually quite cute. The first game was critically acclaimed, so it could be a good one to check out, especially if you can play it handheld. It's out on the 16th. Curse to Golf is a side-scrolling golf game where your skill with a 9-iron determines whether or not you'll make it out of purgatory. It's a bit of a quirky setup, but you need to platform your way through dungeons by hitting the perfect shot. It'll play out a bit differently every time you play and has some beautiful pixel art. It'll be out on Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC on the 18th. Madden NFL 23, the long-running American football simulator, returns to the field this week on Friday the 19th. This year's covers feature series namesake John Madden, a longtime coach and broadcaster who passed away in December. PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X versions will have improved animations as well as player trading mechanics. If you've got 15 minutes, we'll catch you up on the gaming news each Sunday on Walkthrough. This has been Walkthrough by Sifter. My name is Fiona Bartholomew. Thank you so much for listening.
Sifter is produced by Nicholas Kennedy, myself, Carl Paletto, Daniel Ang, and Adam Christou. Mitch Lowe is senior producer, and Gianni Di Giovanni is our executive producer. Thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Sounds for composing the walkthrough theme tune. Thanks as well to Omni Studio for their support of Sifter's three podcasts. Sifter is a listener-supported podcast network. Thanks to everyone who has supported us over the years to make our shows. You can help support independent journalism by picking up a t-shirt at our merch store, which is found at sifter.store. There are unique game-in-style t-shirts designed in Australia, which look great. And we've just launched our Ko-Fi, where you can contribute a one-off or ongoing donation to help us keep making our shows. Go to sifter.com.au forward slash support if you'd like to drop us a couple of bucks. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with more news next Sunday. (laughs) 